Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Steve Bowden for our second episode of Bloodsport Commando. And in this episode, we're actually talking about Bloodsport. Uh, you know, maybe we'll do Commando episode two. I don't know. But Bloodsport, if you don't know, is a 1988 film directed by Newt Arnold and stars Jean-Claude Van Damme. Um, and it's basically the story of Frank Dukes, which at the time when it came out was a lot more plausible than it is now. Um, but, you know, we're just going to judge it on, on, I guess, two things, nostalgia and its quality as a martial arts film. And, and we'll discuss some of the other aspects, too. Uh, but, but Steve, I wanted to hand it over to you because this is, I know, one of your favorite movies. You talk about it a lot. And yeah. it's been a very long time since I've seen Bloodsport. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm a little more partial to Kickboxer, um, but I wanted to get I wanted to get number one your thoughts on why it's significant and just why you wanted to do this. Like, what 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 is it about this movie that you find so appealing? Well, for me, I've always liked tournament type movies because I kind of like seeing the. It's like okay, like oh, this person beat this person, and then let's kind of see as it goes up. I just find that interesting, and I also just think that this movie is pretty cool because it has like so many different kinds of styles. And like the for its time, the martial arts actually seem like pretty reasonable. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sometimes in these older movies, the the action can be like really terrible. Yeah, no, that's definitely the key. Like a lot of the martial arts from the eighties, uh, the the bar was very low at times, and so you yeah. know, I mean, you can I, we're gonna criticize Van Damme a lot in this episode, I'm pretty sure, and yeah. there's plenty to critique him on. But I think the one thing that he that you can say about him is like he does have a martial arts background do you know what i mean mm -hmm. you can you know you, you can you can debate the specifics and we can talk about the um the famous incident um that came up uh last episode but but like he looks good on screen um if anything yeah. he's only he's a little too graceful uh, do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's like he, he, it's almost like I like. Did he supplement his training with ballet or some kind of dance? Because he's got like a dance-like style when he performs karate. Yeah, I think he did. I mean, and he does a lot of those kind of things too, which I, which I don't think would be effective. Like when he's fighting like Chun Li and stuff, will be like the same kick. Like it's like sloping oh. there, but it'll keep kicking you. Yeah, I wanted to talk about. You know, let's talk about that now. We're gonna be all over the map. It's fine, yeah. but like. In the, in the competition when he's fighting Chong Li, and I think a couple of other times in the movie, I mean, John claude Van Damme does this constantly. He does the thing where he gets up on one leg, and it's like a it's like a front round kick, but then he yeah. brings the kick back and does like a heel kick, and right. and like if you've ever done any kicking, that's like got to be the the lightest, most feeble, ineffective kick you could possibly ever do on somebody. Right. Like it looks it looks impressive on screen, but but it definitely it's not like a fighting ready kick at all. I don't, yeah. I, but, but, but again, I think, and, and that's kind of what I meant when I said he was too graceful. Like, you know, he, 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 his strength is kind of his weakness as a, as a fighting actor. Do you know what I mean? Um, and, 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 and when, when Jean-Claude Van Damme is just sort of naturally being Jean-Claude Van Damme, he does those kinds of things. You know, you can, you can just sort of imagine him doing that. Like when he's training, he probably just naturally does that kind of stuff because it's what he likes to do. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I don't know. I, I, um, I hadn't seen it in a long time and, and I thought that the, uh, uh, I agree with you that the, the fights are, are good. They're, they're enjoyable. Uh, a lot of the music I thought was very questionable. Um, and I like 1980s music, but but some of this felt like 
subpar 1980s music um so it kind of didn't quite rise to you know it's not like eye of the tiger level you know i, I think uh, i fight to survive is a is a great little montage so. i don't know see that's the, that's exactly what i was thinking of i fight to survive and 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 I, with the exception of like the rhythmic kumite uh chorus yeah i would it's it's not even that it's a bad song. It's that like the the singer sounds slightly off key or something. Like something just sounds a little bit shoddy about the music. It's just not as tight as again like an Eye of the Tiger type, uh, um, you know, type song. Um, but 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 you know, other criticisms I would have is the acting. The acting is is pretty darn terrible in this movie in a number of places. In fact, right. if it weren't for the existence of Forrest Whitaker, I would say that the guy who played Ogre, what's his name? Um, Donald Gibson. Donald Gibb. Donald Gibb. Or Gibb, Gibb, yeah, not Gibson. Like, yeah. like he's almost in line for like the like top acting performance <laughs> in the movie, and that should never, ever be the case in any film whatsoever. Maybe, um, uh, maybe Bull Young is top actor. No, <laughs> that was the other. No, actually, let me read my note to you. Um, so my note was, uh, guy who played Ogre may be one of the better actors in this movie, not an exaggeration, uh, right after Mrs. Tanaka and Bolo Young. <laughs> so, <laughs> There's like no lines. <laughs> Mrs. Tanaka is one of the best. She, who, who played Mrs. Tanaka? Do we have, uh, um, uh, I don't think she's credited in the Wikipedia page, unfortunately, but 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 she was she was better than Van Damme in this in this movie as an actor. Now now all that stuff aside, like I just had to get that out of the way. Yeah. It's it's an enjoyable movie and and you don't and you don't need good acting for a movie like this to be entertaining. And right. I think that like you said the 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 focus of it is the tournament and and uh and I don't know, just sort of the I I want to call it like the zany subplot of him evading the the um the I don't know what what's what, I'm not clear exactly what those guys were. They were like, like military police or something or I don't know. Yeah, special military investigators. Yeah, I'm not sure, but they but they were they were very eager to to fill people with fifty thousand volts of electricity uh, <laughs> in order to bring Frank Dukes home unharmed. And I really have to, like like okay, the, the tasers they were using, right? They were gigantic, and they and they, and they said they were fifty thousand volts. I don't know anything about tasing and electricity, but that sounds like a lot of voltage to me. Like, isn't that enough to do serious harm to a person? <laughs> That'd be funny if that was like the whole plot of the movie. They tase him and he dies. <laughs> well, it would be interesting. Um, it it would have made for a very short movie if they had done it at the scene where they where they draw the tasers. I guess there were two taser scenes though, so they could have done it at the climax. Yeah. <laughs> but um but i don't know so so we know that you like this movie so i don't know what were, were there any things watching at this time that you were critical of anything that you you know you, you you think was unforgivable or needed to be changed um not unforgivable but because i like the fighting stuff so much i do think that like <clears throat> they do a lot of like stunning stuff mm-hmm. where it's like oh like i grab your arm and you're stunned like I punch you and you're like, okay, you're like incapacitated, but not knocked out. Like, so you don't fall down, but for some reason you're like out on your feet. Okay. So just a lot of that stuff, you know, was kind of convenient so they could like kind of do whatever they wanted to you. Well, there was a lot of mugging for the camera too. Like a lot, like, like, and some of it I liked, like when, when Van Damme did the dim mock and, and in this, the dim mock is, it's, 
it's sort of weird. Like the way they do it is he hits the bricks and he and, and the energy seems to go through the top layer of bricks and hits the bottom one, and that's right. how he sort of verifies that he knows Tanaka's dim mock move. Right. Um, the face he made, I thought that was a that was an amusing face. It worked for the for what they were trying to do, and there was yeah. a lot of that throughout the film. Yeah. Um, and there was this sort of you know there were a lot of cliches, but I don't know they were they're, they're they're fun cliches to have in a martial arts movie. I don't get that picky about them. Um, mm-hmm. I guess the big one is when um, when Ray Jackson gets hurt and and almost dies in the ring fighting um, fight, fighting Chong Lee, and then that sort of sets up the emotional uh, you know build up to the final fight, and right. and it and it kind of it's sort of reminiscent. A kickboxer sort of takes that and cranks it up to ten with the brother. I think being paralyzed or seriously injured. Um, And it's kind of like Rocky four style uh, sentimentality. Right. I I like that in this, that they use like uh, actual fighters or like people that at least seem to like know some stuff too. Like just even like the warmups, like when I was watching this, I kind of tried to pay attention to like in the background, like how the guys are warming up and I'm like, Oh, like for the most part, I thought they looked like pretty good. Like it looked like they actually like knew what they were doing. Yeah, like the Muay Thai guy looked like he really knew Muay Thai. Bolo Young's a very veteran actor from like the Shaw Brothers studio and stuff, and so he's and he's gigantic. Like he's right. massive in this, like uh, bigger than Van Damme was, I think. And, right. Uh, and and everybody everybody looks skilled, and even Donald Gibb, he wasn't like playing somebody who had finesse. He was just like a pulverizer, so it all worked. Yeah. Um, and I, and I and 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 I and I agree with you. I think the I think the fighting it looked like everybody kind of knew what they were doing. There were one or two where it was a little bit questionable, but but I think even then it was supposed to be the character that was not performing well, not the actor. Do you know what I mean? Right, right. So so yeah, I think they uh I think I think they uh I think that I think that the 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 fights again for the time were pretty good. I mean now they would film them differently for sure. But right. but I think they hold up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was wondering if it, you know it's funny this time. <clears throat> I've seen this movie like a ton of times, but for some reason I never noticed that guy. Uh, you know that dude Sean Paradays? He's like the the guy. He also played Tom Poe actually. And uh, yeah, yeah, Michael. Well, the, that, that's the uh, that was the the character name in the movie, right? Yeah, with Sean Paradise. Yeah, yeah, his actual name's like Michael Kissy or, something, or like something like that, yeah. right? Yeah, he's been in a bunch of his movies in Lionheart and like I think him and Jocko Van Damme are like friends or something. Um, but it, I never noticed that there's actually some guy with like a radio that like plays music when he fights. Oh, okay, I didn't see that. Yeah, that's yeah, dude with like a big boombox, and you can actually see it in like the fight that he loses. Uh-huh. The guy's like over at the edge, and he's like, "Oh, come on," you know, and then like, and he's got the boombox like at the edge of the like the platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, I, I I think we should do kickboxer. If we can, if we can get a chance to, because I think that'd be interesting, because because that's a he plays a much more memorable character in that film, and yeah. uh, um, but uh, but yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of weird details like that. The, in, in in one of the, one of the things that I I, I did want to get to before we forget to, uh, what's your feeling on the young Frank Dukes, um, uh, uh, like the 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 guy who plays him and sort of just the way that they that story unfolds. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of like, I, it, it was just kind of weird because it didn't seem to like translate as well. Like the, <clears throat> I don't know, like the gap in, in his look. Cause it's like, I think they made, they chose like a dude that was too old. 
Yeah, like yeah. that kid because it's like, well, he looks nothing like John. Like, how did you develop into John Claude Van Damme from this? Like, yeah, yeah, the guy looked absolutely nothing like Van Damme. Like, it just was <laughs> yeah. like either of the other two young kids that snuck in to steal the katana would have been perfectly fine as young Van Dams compared right. to this guy. Do you know what right. I mean? Or they at least would have been better choices. Right. I think I think they were they chose that kid because he was like big, like he looked like he had big shoulders or something. So maybe that was, but like his nose was totally different. Like everything looked totally different. Right. Um, and so that and also that whole part of the story, there were a lot of moments where like they would just kind of sit there in silence. Do you know what I mean? And like the fact that there was a katana there was just supposed to sell you on the seat. Do you know what I mean? It was right. sort of like a like it would it flew in the eighties, but it did it kind of. You know, it, it didn't quite work out in this time. All right, so why don't why don't we talk about the opening sequence where you have all the sort of it's not quite a montage, I, I guess maybe it is where you have like all the guys kind of breaking down their their training before the kumite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I find this like really interesting. Like uh, they show like Chun Li. I'm pretty sure he does like Hapkido or something where he just like moves forward and is just smashing these giant things of ice. Like, yeah, I don't know. I mean that that I don't know what that was because I I mean Hapkido is like a um, kind of like Taekwondo, but it has more judo esque yeah. uh, moves well, in it. When he's fighting, I mean we can get more to that when we talk about like stylistically. But to me, it, he does employ like a lot of throws and stuff like that, and a lot of like grappling. Okay, okay, maybe that's what they were going for. Um, yeah, and they did have uh, and, and I mean definitely was South Korean because they had the South Korean flag on his thing, right? Right, and right. So that so I think I think you might be right. Um, yeah. But, but I was just struck by like if it, I don't know, it's just kind of funny. It shows to me like how how good must uh, Frank Dukes think that he is if like these are the competitors. Like the competitors are like smashing things of ice like that, and there's that guy that's like running his leg through like wood that looks like it's like a foot thick. The guy's like jumping up and smashing through these the, guys. Oh, the rich guy who looks like he's training with his butler. The yeah. <laughs> yeah. that that's the funniest moment to me in the thing because like that like. You wouldn't you wouldn't see that character today, but you saw you saw characters like that all the time right. back in the eighties. And I thought, I mean, you know, obviously he's good enough, paid for. Tra- I mean, if he can smash through that wood, it's like you belong in this tournament, sir. You're well, obviously- he's got money, so he can devote himself to training. For, you know what I mean? There's like, so I suppose that would be the the angle with a character right. like that. There's a funny scene too where he's training actually, and he's wearing like uh, a sweater around his neck, like he's got no <laughs> shirt on, but he's just got a sweater. Around his neck. <laughs> and you can just see him in the background, like warming up. See, you've seen this movie way more, so you're picking up on all of these little details. Yeah, you know. Um, but uh, but yeah, I thought no, I thought that was kind of a cool opening sequence. You kind of get um, again a lot of the reasons why I thought it was cool is because like nostalgia factor. Like these are this right. is the kind of martial arts introduction you just don't see anymore because we don't really need these types of introductions any longer we're sort of you know like we're, we're familiar with this stuff but mm-hmm. but in, in you know back in the day like you know having bolo young smash ice like that was super cool and right. and so it's it's sort of nice to go back to i think again i think it's a little off topic but i think that's one of the reasons why the uh the new karate kid thing was so appealing is because you kind of get to go back you sort of reverse the clock and as much as i like stuff like mma and all that it doesn't have the flash of karate and hapkido and right. all of these like you know traditional styles that look really great on camera right, and right. and so one of the one of the things that i don't as much as again as much as i like mma one of the things i i've discovered i really don't like about modern martial arts movies is they incorporate a lot of real world fighting into like modern fighting style into the films and mm-hmm. it kind of takes away some of the charm um 
And so, you know, having an opening sequence like this, I don't know, it's sort of, it, it, it's, it's delightful. You know, it's sort of like a, a nice, a nice lead in to a, to a tournament movie. Yeah. Um, well, I like it too. Cause then I'm like, Ooh, like, how are you going to, how are you going to deal with that? John Claude, <laughs> how are you going to do with the monkey guy that's smashing coconuts with his hands. But that's also the cool thing about a film. Like again, in the eighties, everybody, it was all like about which style is the best, right? Like, <laughs> like this guy's karate, this guy's judo, this guy's kung fu or some variation of kung fu and this guy is like muay thai and this guy's boxing and which one is going to win and now mm-hmm. it's like they're all some variation on mma which is like boxing muay thai jiu-jitsu and like you know a few you know like maybe some wrestling do you know right. what i mean this it's like so it's like it's effective it totally works but it's so dull to watch on on a on a on a in a film uh at least in terms of contrast there's no there's not that contrast between styles and mm-hmm. and in this movie, you you immediately have that contrast, which is what you're talking about. Where it's like, how is how is this guy who does karate got to deal with this guy who's smashing these 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 blocks of ice dangling from the trees? Right. And and it sets up like a, it's like a puzzle in your mind. It's like each each style is something to be countered by another style or by a a particular set of tactics or something. Right. So I I think that that's uh, I think that's one of the cool things about the movie and i guess getting into the actual competition you know that's when we actually see the styles uh sort of you know actually put to use yeah and i don't I, I imagine you'd have thoughts on on it there as well yeah no i i thought it was interesting the way they kind of like tried to pair like the styles and like highlight their strengths like i don't know how much they considered like okay would this kind of more so like for instance me and me and you both did like taekwondo so like obviously taekwondo is a much more like linear kind of style whereas like something like capoeira is much more like circular yeah right so like i imagine those have like certain kind of advantages and disadvantages if you're fighting like you know different kind of styles like different styles are probably better like i imagine like something like wing chun or something is probably better at like combating a circular type style okay well i mean it's it's definitely built for like a smaller person against a larger person i think oh okay yeah so i yeah, it, I just find that kind of that interplay interesting. Like, and I thought it was really interesting in that first one. I don't know, like in the first fight where uh, the guy that we were talking about, Sean Paradise, in this movie, but the dude who plays Tom Poe. Remember, I was saying about how he had the boombox. Like, I think he was supposed to be doing like Capoeira or something, but he just oh. never like. Okay, yeah, I didn't pick up on that. I definitely, but but the boombox is very good evidence for that being because because right. this is back in the day when like everybody not only had a style but they had all the decorations that came with the style do you know what i mean mm-hmm. like there's that uh, there's a movie called uh master of the flying guillotine and in that like you have all these guys doing different styles and the muay thai guy even does like the ram moy dance you yeah know, the, you know and, and even going back to like the the kung fu craze you see that where the like the 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 japanese guys will literally be wandering around with katanas and like you know a full regalia you know right. and so uh so you kind of get a little bit of that here so maybe maybe that's that's what was going on with that character. I have to admit, though, I didn't really, I didn't really notice him until I looked at the trivia box when I was watching it this time. Because we were watching it on Amazon Prime, and I, yeah. I, I was like, "Oh yeah, that is that guy." But like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't pick up on it watching the movie. I was more focused on the Muay Thai guy because he was the one that seemed like really convincing to me. Is like, "Oh, I think that guy really does Muay Thai." And then, yeah, sure I enough, he, he did from an actual gym that he trained at. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like, so I, I think, he, yeah, like he actually knows Muay Thai and stuff. I, I thought it was interesting too that the like the dude Sean Paradise was supposed to be doing like <clears throat> I don't know I'm guessing like capoeira or something mm-hmm. but he did a lot of like punching like punching seemed to be like his best thing 
Well, and, and I think um, I'd have to I'd have to rewatch the scenes, but I think you're right. You know, like uh, yeah, I, like I said, I I don't think uh, you know he didn't really stand out to me as much as some of the other characters did. You know, the Ray Jackson character really stood out. The Hussein character really stood out. The Paco character really stood out to me. Uh, but I have to admit, I kind of Paraday's kind of I kind of missed him in the mix. I wasn't I wasn't as um at least in and I and I saw it twice for this conversation. I saw it when we were going to do it a couple of weeks ago, and I just watched it again. Um, but both times, I didn't really, I didn't really pick up on him as much. Um, well, I think it's it's iconic too because he was in that first fight, and it kind of like sets the tone, it, like it establishes the the rules. It's like, oh, that's why they call this thing blood sport. You know? Okay. Like, well, that was another topic I wanted to get into. Is um, it's called blood sport. It's made in 1988, and there's a right. lot of blood on the carpet or a lot of blood on the mat, right. and. And I mean that's like the height of the AIDS ec- epidemic, and and even even like when we were competing, like yeah. I was that was like always a big ner- thing that made me nervous is like you know like like you're you're, you're you know you're you're bleeding yourself and other people are bleeding and you know you know even even if even without HIV AIDS like you know hepatitis there's all kinds of communicable diseases and yeah. so you know I, I I do do you think like the and again, I don't really remember because I, I was quite young. I was born in '76, so I was probably 12 when this came out. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, I, I mean, we were, at that age, at that time, I, I don't. I mean, we were aware as kids of the of the epidemic, but it wasn't it wasn't at the forefront of our minds like it might have been for adults at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I'm just curious what your thoughts are on that, like the the uh, you know just just that little side note. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, I, I know <laughs> you tend to think about those things more. I kind of feel like you, you have a lot more knowledge about it. I just never, like, even when I competed, I wasn't worried about it. It was like, whatever, some guy bleeds on me, bleeds on me. And, you know, really, you, you ne- never crossed your mind once that like, uh, I might get like a disease from this person's blood. Never. I just was like, I don't think they're gonna be bleeding on me that much. Because I feel like if I hit them like that, I'll probably just knock them out. If they're like already bleeding, then what did I do to them? Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, I'll probably just well, you know what made me nervous is sometimes people would like get hit and like blood would spray out. Do you know what I mean? That's what made me nervous. Oh, and, and sometimes if like like if you ever bled, like I got hit in the nose once and it just was like a fountain, it just wouldn't right. stop. And like I wouldn't want to have been the person hitting me in the wake of that. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. Well, uh, I feel like by the time the person is getting hit and there's like a lot of blood coming out. Uh, like the fight's probably over. Do you know what I mean? So it's like either. Yeah, no, that's true. But there's like usually like you know you know there's still usually some momentum before you know things are ended do you know what i mean yeah like, no, i mean like i said it never would concern me like i don't think i ever like kicked somebody where they were like gushing blood but even if they had what, what about just... when you do muay thai because you do muay thai and that's much closer to what was going on on screen here you know yeah usually guys don't have like a whole lot of blood though do you know what i mean it's like they're not bleeding like all over me but even even if they started to bleed, I would just be like, oh, like, hey, you're, you're bleeding. You know, like okay. sometimes you notice it. It's like, oh, you, like there's blood on my shorts, like something. And, and I'm only I'm only lingering on this point because the name of the movie is Blood Sport. Like they didn't say Combat Sport. They chose Blood Sport as the title. And so and then we get that highlighted when uh, when Jackson says that he says that's why they call it Blood Sport. And that's, right. you know, um, but I just thought that was kind of an odd, you know, odd little uh, yeah, no, thing. I, <clears throat> yeah, and it, it's interesting. Maybe like you know maybe for some people it would be more of a like a concern i just i never really thought of it so when the movie was going on i didn't really like i i guess what i was just wondering is is the movie aware of that like is the movie aware of like what the blood could potentially represent in those moments Um, i don't know that it was or not it's a little hard to say the 
because it it it's well, uh well let me put it this way i don't think it had that kind of feel because especially that point where the guy gets his tooth knocked out that hussein that, guy. that's the scene that i wanted to get that was the moment that unnerved me so much so <laughs> so who is it hussein loses his tooth right yeah and it's like a golden tooth and the yeah. guy's on the and it's and it's not just lost it, it's it's sitting in a pool of blood in the ring right. like this thing is blood soaked and right. and the guy on the side of the ring goes over and he grabs it and he puts it in his mouth and bites it to check that it's like real gold or whatever. Right. right. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's 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 just crazy. Especially, right. you know, in light of Hussein's behavior prior to the fight. Like it just seems like a, a reckless maneuver. Yeah. But my um, thinking is if you see something like that, to me that's not that doesn't sound like they're trying to get across a message of you know, like being aware of AIDS. Or no, no, like no. I would say there was. I didn't think they had a message. I just thought maybe, maybe there was like a. It was. It was supplying a certain amount of like tension that that the viewer isn't even aware exists in the movie. Oh, you know I, mean? I, I kind of viewed the blood as more just like a masculine thing. Okay. Like, a, like okay, like you know, this is how brutal this thing is. You know what I mean? Okay. Like This is full contact beyond full contact. You know what I mean? No, no. What did you think about the hop- hospitalization of Jackson? Did that did that did well, that work I, for you? I thought it restrains that he didn't kill him, because it's like I mean, obviously Chun Li has no problem killing dudes, but then mm-hmm. for some reason, like this guy, that's I mean, if you want to unnerve Frank Dukes, I would think snapping that dude's neck would be a pretty good way to do it. You know, <laughs> like I mean, he almost did kill him, so maybe he just didn't. You know, maybe he tried to, and he just didn't realize he needed to hit him one more time to kill him or something. You know? Maybe, yeah. That, that that is something else I want to talk about. Chung Lee. Chung yeah. Lee is basically a murderer. Like, 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 <laughs> yeah, like he's he's yeah. not he's not like I get that. Like, if you're in like a if you're in a blood sport like this, especially like an underground blood sport, people might die, and it's sort of an accepted thing. But Chung Lee is not simply accepting of this knowledge. He's he's. He's gleefully killing people, and and then he's he's aghast when like the praise for him stops, so that they can have a moment of silence for the person who died. You know, like like and and he, and and every time he hurts somebody, he gets up like a like an insane child and just basks in the adoration. Like yeah. I don't know if you've seen the meme that floats around where they have him as a drummer, like like they they turn everybody in Bloodsport into a member of a band, and Chung Lee is the drummer because he's oh. like constantly putting his yeah. yeah. <laughs> But he's just constantly, you know, throwing his arms up and down rapidly uh, right. and ex- excited for the, the crowd's pl- praise. And right. he's just a psychopath. Like, uh, there's... Yeah, I, I think he's one of those guys that's like, he knows he's awesome and he, like, feeds off being the best and just, like, <clears throat> wants to, like, intimidate and just, like, takes it to the extreme, you know? Like, obviously, he's the type of guy, like, you know, like, he cheats in the final scene with the dust and say, like, obviously, he's... Him and his trainer are pretty unscrupulous. You know, it doesn't paint a very good picture of South Koreans, I guess. <laughs> well, it's all in this, this the, the trope in these movies is the bad guy always cheats and right. the bad guy is always cruel and willing to kill. But right. he was especially like this was like beyond Ivan Drago. If he dies, he dies. This was this is like um, he re- I think he's like a serial killer who just found a way to get his serial killing fix in the ring. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's got some legitimacy because it's, you know, well, it's a result of the competition, but he's going out of his way to murder these guys most of the time. Do you know maybe what I mean? he's got CTE from getting hit a lot and he's deranged. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I just feel like he's like, like the ref is even like bothered, but do you know what I mean? Like the ref gives him that look like, what right. the fuck are you doing? Like, so, <laughs> yeah. so I feel like he's crossing the line, even for like the underground Kumite people well, who are like, 
there because the triads are allowing you know what I mean like this is like right. a really dirty right. underground you know sort of competition right well I'm wondering too like why they're so shocked by it considering they even say like right in the beginning they kicked some guy in the throat and killed him during the last one so it's like I mean you know that that's what this guy's about he wants to like what I'm wondering is maybe it's been a progression maybe like when he kicked the guy in the throat it could have been an accident like like I said I think like I got the impression at the start of the movie, like, people can die. It's not supposed to be the purpose of the match, but, but right. death can happen in the ring. Just like, you know, in a boxing match, people can die. Right. Uh, it's just like that, but a little bit more extreme. Right. Uh, and so maybe maybe the kick to the throat, they didn't think it was deliberate. But, but at, at this competition, he's trying to kill every single person, it looks like. Like, he, he clearly isn't succeeding, and... I, I think he only actually kills one person because that's the only time we actually see them confirm a death. But right. like we get all of the standard 1980s, I just killed this guy moves where he like he crank he cranks the neck and the person falls to the ground or he punches them with like he's holding the back of their head and punches them in the in the that's all know. the same guy yeah yeah I mean it's but he does he does that to, to to like everybody he's doing these finishing moves that are sort of the usual signifiers of a person being dispatched um, except well, hmm? oh, go ahead no go ahead go ahead. I was going to say, that's why I feel like he probably does Hapkido, too, because he does a lot of, like, bone-breaking type stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay, I mean, I guess that's a good argument for that. Mm -hmm. um, but, but again, I, I feel like he's just a killer who just, you know, the, the, I don't think he's a martial artist, Stephen. I think he's just, like, a killer who <laughs> discovered martial arts is, like, a really good way to get killing in. And... <laughs> and, the, and, and I have to say, I really like the character. Like, there's something very... Uh, I don't know... There, there, there's just something very interesting about this guy who's like totally insane and and so so manic and enthusiastic after every match. And Bola Young does a, I think he does a really good job actually in this role. I think, um, you know, the he sort of does he, he does a great job with sort of the intimidating sort of swaggering part of the role, but also like the more subtle things, like when he's communicating. Uh, non-verbally to his opponents and stuff. It, it, I, I thought that his performance was quite good, mm -hmm. and and I thought that the um, that the jubilation after each victory was 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 kind of contagious, but also like, what's wrong with this guy? What's you know like, uh, you know, it, it it was it was just too enthusiastic, I suppose. You know, just like like I got the impression every time he jumped into that sort of victory dance that he had no clue like how this was affecting anybody but him do you know what i mean like like that like he was just so focused on him on his own gratification and well, yeah i kind of felt like it was tyson-esque too where kind of it's like he's gotten to this point where it's like i can like beat anyone and like kill any like i can do whatever i want kind of a thing so i think it's like and i think that's why the whole thing with the record bothered him where like frank dukes like broke his record and stuff he's like oh now i'm gonna bitch. like yeah now i break you no that's and, and like that's you know and again there's there's a lot of stuff in this movie that really remind like rocky four really kind of has some uh uh echoes in this movie i think um mm -hmm. but yeah i know chung lee's i think is, is a great villain i i i have to admit i kind of remembered him as being almost vanilla or too standard but i think the distance of time I, I really like them and and I think that uh, I like them because they can just totally commit to the idea of this like super terrible nasty villain who you know is, you know just will pull every trick in the book and 
and and and even like down to the like taking Jackson's uh, headband or whatever it was and tying it around his his knee at the start right. of the match, um, and uh, and the whole you know, you know I don't know I I thought he was great. Um, what yeah. did you think of the Jackson character? Because I guess he's most famous for Ogre from Revenge of the Nerds, but he's been in other movies. Um, yeah, and he kind of sticks out in this film. But I'm curious what your thoughts are. Well. Of, like, everybody in this movie, like, he'd probably be the guy I wouldn't want to fight. Well, besides Chun-Li, because I wouldn't want to be killed. But, like, <laughs> you know, uh, <clears throat> I thought that he was an interesting, like, I mean, he doesn't really seem to use any kind of style, but I guess he's kind of like a kickboxer or something. Yeah, I mean, we see him hitting the punching bag at the start. and he's. I mean, he seems okay at it. He seems like he's not, like, a finesse guy, but he seems like he can use get a lot of power into his punches. Right. Uh, not just because he's big, but because he's, he's moving his body into it. And yeah. And uh, I don't know. The only thing I really remember from his matches are mainly that he would—he just did that overhand smash to the nose. Right. That, you know, that's the—that's the moment I really remember. But I'm sure there were other maneuvers that I just don't recall as well. Yeah, he basically was like pure power, like throwing dudes out of the ring and like just smashing them with his like huge size. Like he was obviously like very big. And I get—I read something that he was supposed to be based on some biker jujitsu guy that Frank Dukes knew. Mm-hmm. Okay. I what I what I liked about the character was he was just one of these guys that was like totally into the lifestyle of fighting and right. and and like he really enjoyed the fighting it wasn't like oh this is a point of honor so i have to do it it was like no he this guy likes being in the ring and he, he likes the thrill of punching people and having people punch him and right. and uh and so it's you know sort of a um uh, a fun character to have in the film for that reason and uh i don't know i i, I thought that i i thought that uh I'm so used to this guy being in roles that are a little more minor than this. Do you know what I mean? Like normally he plays a character like Ogre that's just like one note throughout the whole movie. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? He doesn't get to do anything else. And in this, there's definitely like aspects of his character that are like Ogre. Like when he gets on the, the trolley and the and he and he, he's like, he walks up to the woman. He's like, hey, how'd you like a real big man? And, and he's like, right. oh, no, too handsome for you, huh, honey? Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's, he's, you know, that felt a little Ogre-like to me, but 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 he actually became like a real person over the course of the movie. Like he like I felt like I actually saw a little bit of of the of his acting ability. Um, right. So so I thought it, you know it's kind of if if you're uh, again I got to get the uh, if you, if you, if you want if if you're if you're craving more Donald Gibbs uh, <laughs> uh, performance you know Bloodsport is definitely a film where you're going to get it. Um, <laughs> but but yeah I don't know and. Uh, I don't know what what other uh, what other characters. I, I guess we should talk about some of the non martial related things, like the the uh, mm-hmm. was was Janice Kent the love interest in this? Was that an uh, yeah like Leah Ayers or something? Yeah, she she was like a reporter who was trying to find out about the Kumite, and I don't right. know what did you what did you think of that subplot? Was that worth your time or did when I watch it? Like I skip over those parts because I just find them stupid and pointless, but uh-huh. like. I mean, I don't know. It, to me, this is funny. It's like, I feel like Frank Duke's probably had a big role in this. He's like, so make sure I bag the broad and I like, you know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah. show how great I am and everything. <laughs> like, there were all these scenes, that, like the whole scene in the bar where he like grabs the coin. Uh-huh. Like the scene, remember the scene where like, he's like, oh okay. yeah, where, where Hussein is like trying to kidnap her and take her to his room. Yeah. And then Jean-Claude Van Damme is, no, let's, we can't fight because we'll get kicked out of the Kumite. So, yeah. I'll snatch the coin from your hand, and if I win, I get a keeper. If you win, you get a keeper. And, right. You know, we don't know what he actually was planning on doing if he lost that. Maybe he was just so confident he couldn't conceive of losing right. that situation. 
Yeah, grabs uh, the coin and replaces it with another coin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In like, an, you know what I mean? So it's just, there's a lot of funny scenes like that. So to me, like the love interest thing, it's like I just have no interest in it because it's like. But did you like the coin for, snatching part, or no? You thought that was no good too. I mean, I thought it was interesting for like setting it up, but it just is like that stuff at least is a little more interesting because it ties into like the martial arts stuff. Yeah. Which I'm more interested in. So it's kind of like another display of technique or something where it's like, okay, like, look, this guy is kind of operating on like a, you know, like another yeah. level. I mean, I like, I like love stories in movies like this when they give it heart. Like Rocky does not work without Adrian. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like you can, you cannot take that out of the movie and have the same film. Um, but but Janice Kent is no Adrian. You know, this is not, this right. is like a really, uh, it feel the, the love story feels like an afterthought and it doesn't yeah. really add anything to the movie. And, 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 and she's just kind of annoying. Do you know what I mean? Like she just kind of mm-hmm. like, 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 like again, in, in the case of Adrian, it makes sense that she doesn't want Rocky to fight because like they're in love and like, you know, but this woman only just met Frank Dukes and she's already telling him like not to fight the competition. It's right. like, He's had a life before yesterday. You know what I mean? Like it just, it just felt a little weird. Um, and so, I, she, yeah, she was just kind of an annoying character. Um, and again, I, I'm, I, I really like having love stories in these movies, but, but I want, I want one that actually adds something to the film. Like if it's, you know, the the Adrian and Rocky romance, or even in a movie like Journey of the West, Conquering the Demons. You know, that's like a love story that has like a lot of heart and kind of moves you when it when it reaches ahead at the end. And this, you know. Like, you know, I was I was actually glad that they just skipped over the lovemaking scene. You know what I mean? And that's mm-hmm. not normally the case. She's a beautiful woman. You know what I mean? But like, I just I it just was not a it, 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 it was it was it had nothing to do with the focus of the film. So, right. Right. But um, but what about again? We talked about them already, but mm-hmm. Forrest Whitaker and the uh, who is the other guy who played the other um, uh. Was it Helmer? Was that the character? Was it yeah, Norman Helmer Burton? I don't know which was which, but Forrest Whitaker was Rollins. Um, okay. I think Norman Burton was Helmer, and <laughs> and it's uh, um, I don't know. I was I was kind of surprised to see, like I for some reason, and I, I know I mentioned this to you before the podcast. I keep thinking that uh, Forrest Whitaker showed up like in the '90s. I don't know why, and right. so I was surprised to see him in this. I you know. I, I mean, it's a fairly minor role, but it's still, he's still very clearly Forrest Whitaker. Like he's like, he's, you know, um, he's got like all of the, the eccentric quirks of Forrest Whitaker, even at this point. Um, and so, I don't know, it's kind of, kind of interesting just to see if you want to see Forrest Whitaker in an early role, I suppose. Um, Right. Yeah. I, I thought the, to me, the, uh, the military thing was like hand in hand with the other, like with the love story you know mm-hmm. it's like eh, it's not necessary like again it was it just felt very like self-gratifying like make sure you show i'm such a lethal weapon that they can't afford to let me get hurt it's like well if you're such a lethal weapon why are they worried about you, you know what i mean it's yeah. kind of it's weird it's like he's so deadly we can't afford to let him fight in a martial arts tournament i think they just didn't want him to needlessly get hurt do you know what i mean like have him yeah. get hurt on a mission don't have him get hurt you know pursuing honor in this kumite match where, yeah. where somebody might blind him with powder and you know and break his neck um, yeah, yeah yeah i don't know it just struck me as odd I I, I I thought it was weird that they were like strong strong arming the the local police or whoever that was to 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 do their bidding do you right. know what i mean like that seemed a little bit odd and and i and i thought that it was uh i don't know like i don't think it was as bad as the love story like at least it 
it at least fleshed out the movie a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Like, cause, cause I'm trying to imagine the movie without this stuff. And like, then all you have is the competition. And unless they threw in some other subplot that's related to the competition, it, it would, it would maybe be too much. Do you know what I mean? Like you just, it would just be all competition. There wouldn't be any break so that you could have that contrast of, Oh, something happened. And now we're back at the competition to kind of cleanse the palate a little bit. It, it should have been like some scene where like they go to a bar and like some guy like shoves Frank Dukes. He's just like, what's that? Like, you know what I mean? Like just how they do in those kind of movies where the guy's but, just like. But I mean, you need, almost need like something that's just not fighting happening so that you can kind of get that like palate cleanser, you know? Like, right. Like, I don't know. Like, I agree with you. Like that, that, that ending scene where like he starts, where Jean-Claude Van Damme, or Frank Dukes is, is like knocking over uh policemen or soldiers i don't know if it's a military police or civilian police force but he's like he's taking out guys that are there to arrest him basically (laughs) you know it's like these these are like guys with guns i think or if they don't have guns they at least must have like you know devices that they can use to restrain him and and uh it just felt really weird like it's like you don't do that that doesn't happen Um, and and the level of reality we were presented with i know i know it's like 88 I'm not expecting it to abide by, you know, by the laws of 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 believability in every case. But that scene just kind of stuck out like a sore thumb to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do agree with you. I just think that it did add a little bit of a, I don't know, like a little bit of something else to to keep your attention during the movie and yeah. something to kind of you know wipe the palate before you you know so that so that you just didn't like lose sight of all the different fights that were going on in the tournament. Yeah. Well, well, I did like the inspector too. I thought he was like a good character. Yeah, he was fine. I, I, I think they could have done more with him, um, you know. But yeah, he, he, I, th- I thought that he added to it. Um, but yeah, I don't know what, uh, what you know. We're coming in on the thirty-minute mark now. What, what, any other thoughts on the movie? Anything that we didn't cover? Um, <clears throat> I was just gonna say, uh, to me, my favorite character actually in the movie, just because I like the way he fights, is that guy. Uh, his name in the movie was like Chuan Ip Mung. He's the guy that gets killed by Chun Li in the final fight before he fights mm-hmm. Frank was, Duke. What, what style of fighting was he doing? I think he does kung fu. I, I'm not 100, percent but they show him in the beginning. Like he does a lot of. His style is very like diverse. I, I don't know exactly what it's supposed to be, but him and the guy like, do you remember the guy with the silver pants? I think so. I th- there were a lot of multicolored pants. So I'm going to say so, no. So there was a scene where um, the reporter Janice Kent there is talking to two guys at the bar. Do you remember that? And she's like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. So, and we saw those two guys training early in the movie, if yeah. I remember. So those are those two guys, and I think okay. they were doing like kung fu. Okay. You know what was interesting about that scene too is that that the the, the martial arts in their training was really good, but it, it sort of highlighted for me one of the things that. Uh, that like Hong Kong movies do really well that like a lot of American action movies didn't do well at this time, Mm -hmm. which was the sound effects because Mm -hmm. the thing that kind of kept, and maybe it's just because I just watched too much Hong Kong movies, but, but the thing that kind of diminished the quality of that scene for me is I felt like I should be hearing the connection between like, like the strikes should be making a sound that isn't the sound I'm hearing when Mm -hmm. they connect to kind of emphasize the power. And And it feels almost like it sort of drains the energy out of the scene a little bit, the way that the sound is operating here. And I noticed that even in the tournament as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so again, I mean, you know, it's not a big deal. It's just a sound effect. And I, you know, I, right. I got over it after that scene, but, but I right. did kind of notice that. I yeah. guess another thing that I, I, I noticed too was, 
exactly what was the situation with young Frank Dukes as he was learning uh, from Mr. Tanaka because I was unclear on at what point did Mr. Tanaka actually start teaching him properly because at first he's using him as a punching bag but I was a little I just wasn't clear on when is he actually getting the real training yeah I think it was like so at first he wasn't giving him any kind of coaching and he was just like letting him spar with the sun and he would kind of just give the sun pointers so the sun could like beat him up and then you know just just help him develop and then I think after the sun died that's when he was like okay like uh, you know I'll train you I'll, I'll show you like all the stuff you know okay okay but 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 he had learned some stuff before that right like you because we see him we see him use was, some kind of martial arts to help the um what's what's Mr. Tanaka's son's name Shingo yeah he, he, he helps him you know fend off some bullies and he's using some kind of kung fu or something like yeah. karate yeah I think he was giving him tips but I think the tips were like helpful and he would like you know obviously they were going through like a physically rigorous kind of training so i'm sure he was picking up some things but i don't okay. think like like the quick like grabbing a fish out of the water and like okay being able to do the splits and all that stuff even though right from the beginning you can see he's like hyper flexible but yeah it's like <laughs> yeah because because i think mr tanaka is kind of a jerk in that case like like he and the reason why like if, if is the scene where he where he tries to sell this idea to Frank Dukes' parents. Do you right. know what I mean? And he's in the pitch is like, you know, young boy like needs all kinds of cultivation and training so that they can, you right. know, be prepared for life. And it's a great sales pitch, but then we just see him using him as a punching bag. And so the whole rest of that sequence, I'm like, well, exactly at what point is he gonna actually start teaching him? Is this right. like so is this like eight years after that sit down with the parents that he's actually teaching him anything? Okay. Um it see it seems a little a little bit of a jerk move to me. I don't know. Well, I think part of it though, too, if you remember, like the deal for him not calling the cops was kind of that he would help train. So I think that was more just to placate the parents for like why this was happening. Okay. But I mean, still, that's a long time. Like, I mean, he, he, all he did was walk into a room and look at a katana. Do you know what I mean? He didn't, it's not like eight years of servitude worthy. Uh, <laughs> no, but I mean, like, you know, I think he was just generally, I think the way Tanaka viewed it was like, Hey, you know, I'll help you get in shape and stuff like that. But the real like secrets of the Tanaka style, I'm going to reserve for my son. You know what I mean? Like you're like an outsider. I'm not going to show you all the stuff, but you can like get in better shape and learn little things here and there. Okay. All right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sold. I, I feel like Mr. Tanaka is a little bit shady initially. I know he eventually <laughs> teaches him everything and it's great, but yeah. you know, it's, but it takes the death of his son to like even seem to move on that issue. Um, right. And uh, okay, so 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 the one thing I think we do have to comment on is um, John Claude Van Damme's acting in this movie. Um, yeah. you know, it's we, I think we all we both agree physically the performance is fine. Jean Claude Van Damme has a you know like a karate background and stuff like that, so it, it you know it, it works on camera, and you you believe that like he can do the movements and all that stuff, uh, even if he's kind of pirouetting a little bit too much during mm-hmm. some of the kicks, but the the acting is even for Van Damme. I think this is this is like one of his first roles, if I remember. So yeah. this is very early in his career, and it's extremely, extremely wooden. Like, like, like. I don't think I'm being unfair in describing his acting as just terrible in this movie. Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree. He's he's quite bad, and you know, just he's obviously like learning. It's not like he gets much better. <laughs> that's how I feel. No, I would disagree with that. I think he does get better. That's one of the really? thing, that's one of the reasons why I noticed how bad what, the what acting. What movie do you feel like he's really good in? 
I don't think he's really good in anything. I just feel like he gets much better than this. Do you know what I mean? I feel like they're all kind of the same. Like maybe he has like a little more personality in like the upcoming movies, but I feel like. Well, I'm not saying he's like a great, you know, actor of his time, but I feel like he's a lot more comfortable on camera in later movies than he is in this one. Yeah. Like in this one, like there are scenes where I'm like, I feel like embarrassed because I can tell he's uncomfortable. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. And so I think that, uh, I don't know. I mean, and again, I'm not trying to harp on it. It's just that it was really not easy to ignore. Um, and, and I'm sure when we get to commando, you'll be able to like, you know, uh, uh, reverse, reverse things a little bit and, and go after Arnold for some of his acting. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I, and and acting's not exactly required here. It's not like, it's not like, uh, like when you watched a movie like Bloodsport, you kind of knew what you were getting. Do you know what I mean? And so like, you don't really care. Like, okay. These guys don't. It's much more important that they perform in the tournament scene than they perform dramatically in the dramatic scenes because the dramatic scenes are just kind of there to pave the way for the fighting. So, right. uh, so it's it's fine. But 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 I did have a thought. The ki- the the kid who played young Frank Dukes was mm-hmm. like even worse of an actor than John Glad Van Damme. Do you know what I mean like he was like he was like really really terrible, and 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 in a way maybe that's a justifiable casting choice because you know it creates consistency uh it it almost made me wonder if that dude like didn't speak english and was just like reading off like cue cards like you know that that would explain it actually that would explain it because it it just didn't there was like a there was like a wall between him and everybody he was talking to that was was frustrating to watch do you know what i mean um it was, it, and and again, you know, with with the Van Damme character, it's it's not as bad because he's not acting well, but he's at least a grown man who's like capable of you know like talking in a you know like like there are moments in the film where you don't notice Jean Claude's Van Jean Claude's bad acting. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You you sort of just you know it's fine, but but there are quite a few moments when it when it crops up. But with with the young Frank Dukes, it was just prevalent throughout the whole thing like you could not there were there wasn't a moment of relief from the bad acting you're um, right but and again you know he's a, he's a grown man now so it's not like i'm picking on a kid but but i think that i i i feel like i don't know i don't mean to harp on it but it just was like really inescapable watching this how right. how it was no um, i agree and you know i think it's one of those movies you don't watch for the acting but yeah it's particularly bad yeah um, no, and I'm, in fact, I'm sure there are some people who watch it because of that. Like, I'll, I'm willing to bet there are people that, you know, the people that like to watch good, bad movies or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I think it's different because when you and I watch these kind of movies, we're watching them because we genuinely enjoy the movies usually. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, you know, this is a movie, like, I'm the, the action scenes are all fun. You know, like, all of the combat and everything is great. And, and, and bad acting aside... I don't even mind the the dramatic stuff leading up to it all that much. You know, it's still uh, it's 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 a it's it's a product of its time. Uh, but but it was still you know it wasn't like uh, it wasn't dull. I'll put it that way. It was you know at least wasn't boring. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess the only other scene I want to talk about is that that scene in the military base where uh, where the guy 
you know, tells him that the, the colonel or somebody wants to speak to him. I forget what the title was, yeah. but, you know, and he basically wants to tell him, like, no, you're not going to fight in the Kumite. And so Jean-Claude Van Damme's like, okay, well, I got to take a shower first. And so he, he, he escapes from the military base while he's in the shower. Right. I don't know that much about the military, but I was wondering how feasible that sort of thing is. Like, he was going to go on furlough. What's the, uh, you know, how easy is it to get off a military base when you're, uh, when you're about to go on furlough and they don't want you to leave? Well, well, he had some kind of rank, though, too. I think he was like a captain or something. Okay. And I think, too, that it may have been kept kind of quiet. Like, I feel like, to me, the way it was presented, like where they just sent one guy was like, he just kind of heard about it, and they probably didn't think he was going to just leave. Like, they are probably like, okay, hey, like, I heard you want to do this. I want to talk to you about it. So I'm guessing he probably just, like, went out, like, normally. He's like, yep, going on my furlough or whatever. And they're like, okay. Okay. I, um, so... So yeah, I don't know. I was just uh, I was just curious about that, but um, but anyways, we, we've been going on for quite a while, so I think I'm gonna end it here. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we go, I do want to say, uh, if people like this episode, let us know. Let us know uh, what movies you'd like us to talk about. Right now, we know we're gonna do Commando. I, I'd quite like to do the Terminator. It's like the first one, not the second one. Okay. Um, and and I'm sure we have some other movies that we you know uh, anything in this this sort of category, I guess, of like eighties action, early nineties action is probably going to be fine. We could yeah. even do some late nineties stuff, I think, but I, I kind of want to, I don't know. I, we kind of have to hash out sort of what the parameters are here. Um, but we'll, we'll be back on. I I'm hoping that the next movie is commando. It, it depends on how easy it is for us to get, uh, copies of it or see it on streaming. I don't know what the situation with commando is. Uh, you know, Commando is one of those movies I usually wait for it to show up on television. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, when I was a kid, it was on HBO constantly, and I watched it, you know, just all the time. Um, and and I probably had it on VHS, but but it's not the kind of movie that I would necessarily buy these days. So, mm-hmm. um, though I don't know for the show, I might. Um, we'll have I'm to sure see. It's cheap. What was that? I said I'm sure it's cheap. Yeah, it's probably like five dollars. It's probably one of those kind of things. In right. fact, you could probably get like Commando and some other Arnold movie from that time, you know, on the same DVD, like, like running man and commando, you know, no, you know, they'd probably do like running man and total recall would be paired together. And, mm-hmm. and like commando and the terminator or something would be next right. to each other. Commando uh, and predator or something. Yeah. 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 Commando and predator would be a good match. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so, so we'll be back on and we'll, We'll uh, we'll cover more movies like this. My apologies to Jean Claude Van Damme for the you know for for my you know hectoring him on his uh, on on the acting, but uh, uh, but I don't know. I just I just I think we have to be honest about these things in these programs. So um, lucky we didn't lampoon his martial arts skills more. <laughs> yeah, no, that's well you know we'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll resume that discussion uh, next time when uh, when we have more time because I think there's, I think there's a lot there's a lot to get into into that. Um, and I know we've had off camera discussions about it. Um, but, but yeah, I think I, you know, either way, uh, we'll be back on and we will talk to you later.